What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have a special repeat guest, Sean Wells of Zone Halo. How you doing, Sean? I am doing amazing. Thank you for having me on again. I'm so excited to be on. This was absolutely one of my favorite shows, and we did an amazing episode last time, so I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one for sure. Um, so I'm kind of I've been thinking about how I want to preface this whole conversation, and I think I kind of want to break it down somewhat like this. We'll kind of see where it goes, but I've often thought of you know nutrition and and biohacking and health as a whole, kind of like the whole you know. 80-20 principle, you know, you can get 80% of the, the positive outcomes from, you know, very minimal input. I mean, if you're eating quality, wholesome foods and you're active and you're, you know, shooting for a somewhat of a ketogenic approach, like you're going to be hitting pretty much all the check marks. And then that last 20%, when you really get into the nitty gritty, you know, biohacking, quote unquote details. Um, so with with you, I mean, you, you've pretty much run the gamut of both ends of the spectrum. You've, you've worked with a ton of people you know, both on the broad, broad end and very, very, you know, fine, finite detail oriented people. What, what would you say, you know, let's just, let's just tackle both. Like for the 80%, you know, what would you say kind of like people need to do and the, the, the mindset people need to adopt in, you know, just improving their health in general? Yeah. You know, and, and if you're coaching somebody, um, you need to meet them where they're at. You don't need to beat them up. And so for that 80%, you know, making one change at a time that lasts is more important than doing 50 changes. Mm -hmm. And that's where you need to reach people and realize that that's impactful. If they make, you know, if they're drinking like you, you're a bodybuilder, you're doing like all these supplements, you're doing keto, you're working out a couple hours a day, you're, you know, you're killing it. Let's say you're working with somebody who's you know, a 50-year-old a house mom who's never really worked out. Um, she's never done keto. She's 50 pounds overweight, stressed out, has kids, has a busy life, you know, has a job and the kids and cooking and all this stuff. And she drinks four Cokes a day. And you just meet her where she's at and say, you don't need to do 100 things right now. Can you just you know, cut those four Cokes a day down to one Coke a day, and then mm -hmm. we'll go from there. And that's a huge change because it's not just the soda. It's not just the junk food. It's, it's, there's deeper, there's deeper stuff behind that, right? Because there's the stress, there's the, um, uh, the comfort, you know, like these comfort foods, right? And they're also high bliss point foods. Speaking of Coke, I mean, it's sweet, it's bubbly, it's acidic, it's colorful, you know, right? And that's what these bliss point foods are. Just like if I was to give you a handful of raw almonds and, you know, you eat the raw almonds and okay, like that's cool. And now let me, let me bake them and, you know, roast them and, and bring out that, uh, that flavor, that, you know, that roasted note. Okay. Now they're even better. Now let me coat them in oil. Now let me put the salt on them. Now let me put the spice on them, like the habanero spice. And then let me add the honey flavor, honey habanero. And these are like the bliss point foods, right? And now you can't stop eating because they're overriding satiety. 
and it gives you that dopamine and serotonin hit. And if you're already tired, stressed, fatigued, then you're in a state that they've shown that you make like poor decisions. It's mm -hmm. harder to like walk the straight and narrow when you're tired and stressed. You kind of go back to what you know and you, you need those dopamine and serotonin hits just to make it through your day. And you have to realize like who you're working with. So like those kind of like anything that's a lasting change is important. And that matters more than doing 50 things for two weeks. And I completely agree. Scientifically, it doesn't make sense to do 50 things at one time because you have no idea what's doing what. So I like doing one thing at a time and seeing what's happening to you, your mindset, your body, you know, how it's affecting your day, your relationships, you know, whatever. So like that's where I think with the 80% that matters. Now, there's some people that will go all in, they'll make lasting changes, they'll do whatever you say, you know, and that's a rare read. And, and you know, that's the other 20% we're talking about. But, you know, hey, like, I can say, like, I'm, I'm in that 20% that does everything and anything. But I'm also like, you know, your strengths are your weaknesses. So, you know, I can be kind of obsessive about some things. I can be all or nothing about some things and I can burn myself out, run myself down, beat myself into the ground if it's not perfection. And yeah. I don't know how to, I don't know how to relax that well. I don't know how to unplug that well. So, you know, some people are making themselves sick from, you know, just the, the terrible diet, the terrible, um, you know, the lack of exercise, the lack of sleep, the lack of hydration, you know, all these kinds of things, I'm sometimes beating up my health and, and finding all these biohacks because I'm, I'm going way too hard, way too much, way too long. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's a, you know, there's always trade-offs and I'm searching for the balance. You know, some people are, you know, with that 80%, you know, they're trying to make some good changes um, to improve some things that they've never had in their life. And I'm trying to go the other direction and remove some things to de-stress. So, you know, there you go. So, so for that 80%, for instance, you know, they're, they're, they're just wanting to get healthy. Like they're not necessarily wanting to, you know, win an Olympic gold medal or compete as a bodybuilder or doing that. They're just wanting to, to be healthy. And kind of like what you were saying with this decision fatigue, you know, if you give somebody, you know, 50 different bullet points on how to do the ketogenic diet properly, they're likely you know, going to get confused and never hit the first step. So what, what's your, your elevator pitch, so to speak, if you're, you know, on an elevator with some, you know, middle-aged woman that just wants to be healthy and she's heard about keto as it seems everybody has these days. And she just wanted to know, like your, you know, what are the three things I could do to like get me on the right track? And that could be as simple as removing three of the four Cokes. But as far as like keto and nutrition are concerned, what would be your your top three, like do this and you're at least getting the right momentum going. Right. So notice I did say remove three of the four Cokes. Do not take everything away from someone or else they'll feel very deprived and they need to look forward to something. You can work things mm -hmm. over time, but don't take everything away. 
that's one thing. And then, you know, I once did a podcast and I uh, seductively called it death to keto, even though I do keto. And what I meant by that was that I think so many people jump into the ketogenic diet without doing some good steps first. And sometimes it's too difficult to do straight away. If you are on an ultra processed food diet, if you are on a high sugar diet, if you're not doing, um, you know, a good amount of exercise. So if you can start by eating whole food, call it paleo, ancestral, whole 30, whatever you want to call it, just eating whole food and getting rid of the processed food, that should be where like we all agree. I read an article the other day, I think I posted it on social media about, um, you know, someone bashing like paleo and whole 30 and all these things along with keto saying like they're restrictive diets and crazy diets. And I'm thinking, what? (laughs) Like what whole food is now like a restrictive diet? Like, cause you're not getting enough processed food in. Are you insane? So Mm -hmm. we should all agree no matter what, that every diet, and I say diet, just meaning your lifestyle of food, not meaning you need to lose weight and you know, here's eight weeks of some crash, you know, calorically restricted thing. But a diet is in, here's what you're eating for life. Everyone should agree that we start with whole food. And then from there, from there, like, and as you remove these ultra processed foods, great. Because what do they contain? You know, like when you talk about ultra processed food and where we're at in our food supply, how different is it? Like we don't have to go back a hundred thousand years, right? To whatever paleo times and Cro-Magnon man and, or some tribe like the Inuits or whatever. I could go back to my grandfather 80 years ago and he didn't have RBGH, the bovine growth hormone, RBST, the steroids, the antibiotics, the artificial flavors, the artificial colors, the artificial sweeteners. He didn't have, um, the glyphosate slash roundup all over the, the GMO grains, you know, and mm-hmm. he didn't have these high bliss point foods that are high fat and high glycemic carbohydrate together, which does not occur in nature. He didn't have any of these. Yeah, that foods. should be a pretty good indicator right there. Right. These foods override your satiety signals because it's, it's got that fattiness, but it's also got the sweet like cake right? We can have an avocado and we can have like a strawberry, but there's no avocado berry. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this does not occur in nature. And this is where whole food is so much better. And foods are being engineered to break you down. Period. The end. They want you fat. They want you overeating. Period. The end. Follow the money trail. Like the Lays says, you can't eat just one. That's a literal science and there are food engineers at every one of these companies that try and figure out how to make you overeat. If you walk in a convenience store, it is a store built on addictions. You look around, it's it's stimulants like caffeine, it's alcohol, it's cigarettes, it's lottery, it's sugar, and it's all impulse decisions. That's the convenience store. How convenient that you get impulse decisions, right? 
So, and, and you look around at all the colors, right? It's not just white colored packages. It's like all the flavors of the Gatorade and the monster cans and all the candy packages are bright yellow and bright red and orange and everything's meant to grab your attention, make you impulsively grab something that has sugar, that has caffeine, that has alcohol, that has whatever so that you can get your fix. And this mm -hmm. is this is the industry that's all around us. And, you know, people are, are hurting and sick and overweight. And it, no, it's not all your fault because this is an industry that's meant to manipulate your brain and break you down. And you have to have incredible willpower to go in that store and walk out with nothing. I think you are an extremely disciplined person if you can do that. And that can come in time as we learn these habits and we learn the willpower to do keto, to do paleo, to do whatever it is. But it takes incredible will, just like fasting. That takes willpower. When we're surrounded by food, we used to have to look for food. We used to have to hunt for food. Now food is in our face 24-7. It's a very different situation. It, it, is, it is indeed. Do you think, I mean, for someone that, that did not know I mean, it is it is crazy to think that there's literally food scientists out there that are engineering food to hit that bliss point, you know, to encourage us to buy more of these foods. And it's crazy that, that, that there's a job out there that allows that. But at the same time, you know, at these corporations, they are going to follow the money. And, and we humans vote with our dollars. So if we're putting money into those things, they're going to, you know, by default, keep investing in the, those technologies and that research. Um, is it more our responsibility as consumers to educate and then make the decision independently about what we put in our body? Or should there be some kind of sense of, you know, responsibility by these corporations and government? There, you know, look, the government, the people that are put into place to represent us, supposedly, are bought and paid for. They don't have mm -hmm. multi-million dollar campaigns. Did you know that each politician... Uh, in the um, Senate and, and House of Representatives, like that they spend six hours of their eight-hour day uh, getting money, like making calls to get money. Yeah, it's pretty mind-boggling. That's insane, right? So they get money from these um, special interest groups, from these lobbyists, from you know whoever that they're cutting deals with. And, and that's what funds their campaigns. That's what, you know, gives them the special interest money and funds interests that they're involved in and whatever the like sneaky ways that, you know, like their charities, quote unquote, you know, all this stuff are funded by the, you know, the dairy group or, you know, whatever, like this, uh, this, you know, some cereal or grain, you know, the soy industry or the corn industry. And you think about how much like corn and soy, the two cheapest things, we've been sold a complete bill of goods that is a, a total and utter lie. If you believe the government, we were told the food guide pyramid, which is built on corn and soy at the bottom, essentially, which are the cheapest things you can possibly find to make what? With corn, maltodextrin, corn oil, right? And then with mm -hmm. soy, yep. I mean, how many things are made out of soy? 
and and corn. Like I'm saying, like they're all GMO and they're all sprayed with your Roundup. And that's our food supply. Almost probably half of the food supply is somehow made out of those things. And we were told vegetable, quote unquote, oil, which is corn and soybean, was healthy for us because it's vegetables. Come to find out now that that's like the most unhealthy oil. Because mm-hmm. again, it doesn't, we, we can't get that amount of oil out of these things. Like if we're just eating like a whole food diet, it has to be manipulated and manufactured. Whereas when we got our fats yeah. through meat or, you know, whatever, like natural sources through food, it's good. But when we get these manufactured oils like canola, canola is rapeseed oil and it's, it's so ran, rancid and discolored that they have to, and which means oxidized, that they have to deodorize and bleach it so that they can serve it to you. And that is in everything. And even Whole Foods, like a lot of their recipes are canola because it's healthy. It's completely unhealthy. All these vegetable oils are super inflammatory. The manufacturing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, totally, totally agree. And I think a lot of people, you know, they, they just want to try and get those fats up. They don't even think to look at where those fats are coming from, but the quality of those fats and, and their sourcing is, is definitely a, a key importance. Um, right. What do you think? But, but sorry, we this, were told, Where do you think this is going? Yeah, we were told that these vegetable oils are healthy. We were told that margarine, which yeah. is based on vegetable oil, is healthy. And what turned out to be healthy? The meat with the fat, butter. the butter. <laughs> that was healthy. Surprise, surprise, it was the whole food that was healthy, not the manufactured food that was healthy. Shocker. But we believe the government. So, we believe the Food Guide Pyramid. We believe all the stuff that they told us. Why did they tell us that? Money. Money, 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 all day money. So no, we can't depend on the government. We have to depend on each other. The real science that's not manipulated science. And we need to listen to podcasts like this. We need to listen to voices of reason, hopefully, that that aren't manipulated by money. I'm in 100% agreement. I definitely don't look to anybody else as having responsibility over my health. So like I've had to take that into my own hands. And I feel like everybody else that gives a damn about their longevity should as well, because nobody should care more about your health than you. Um, and it's not going to, it's going <laughs> to, the information, the right information is not going to come from these big governmental agencies that are doing it for the bottom dollar. Um, do you think there's going to be any political shift whatsoever? Because I mean, you look at the the stats and there's no way that anybody would make more money selling a natural un manipulated food product versus, you know, something that you can produce at scale for much cheaper, like these corn-based products. I mean, so looking at the equation from that end of the spectrum, I don't see how there's any way that the government could be incentivized to promote this healthier whole foods approach. It'll never happen. Going back to what we were just talking about, one, these ultra-processed foods are made to be dramatically cheaper and therefore higher margin. Two, ultra-processed foods are high bliss point. Whole foods are low bliss point. Whole foods are much more expensive. So, I mean, while there's a movement going on where, you know, you and I are talking about it and there's more people like looking for these foods and it it is affecting the, you know, the Walmarts and the um, different grocery stores and, you know, things like that. And that's awesome. But also every day there's an onslaught 
of even more manipulative foods, even higher bliss point foods, even more science is being put into these ingredients uh, and even more pesticides, even more antibiotics, even more like so that these foods last longer, travel better, you know, stay intact more, manipulate your brain more. You know, it's it's just that's the way of it. I mean, it's it's about profit at the end of the day. Right. So they want you to eat more of it. They want you to buy more of it. And they want to make that product as cheaply as they possibly can. And with those factors, that's difficult to overcome. So this is like a <laughs> this is probably the broadest based question I ever asked on a podcast. I don't even know how anybody would ever hope to answer this accurately. But like what I mean, one we can't do what we're doing indefinitely forever because there's going to be some breaking point. I mean, the the population is growing faster and faster and faster. The the amount of agricultural, you know, dollars and just space put towards these, you know, corn and soy, you know, products is just insurmountable and the you know, wholesome foods that we have are becoming less and less. So what what is the tipping point? Like what happens? You know, like I mean there's got to be something there's going to be something that breaks at some point. You know, I don't know when that will be, but what what does that look like in your mind? Yeah, um, unfortunately, you know who gets affected the most by what we're talking about is the poor. And there's a growing, uh, unfortunately, poverty is growing. And, you know, you get kind of like a wealthy elite and, you know, the middle class is shrinking. And it's a reality that, People, that's the other part of this, right? People can't, they think especially, they can't afford to eat healthier. But we do know that if you do eat that way, you're more satiated and you need less of those foods. But if you go into in a poorer area, like some inner city, and you go into, sometimes they don't even have grocery stores. All they have is mm -hmm. a convenience store. And what's in there? Garbage. Pure garbage. No one's like, you know, saying let's proactively put healthy foods in there and it's not going to happen. So, you know, it's, that's one of the saddest things. And I, the tipping point, the frustration is that when I look at healthcare, you know, with our, with the, the knowledge, the first world country that we are, everything that we're blessed with, we're so far down in mortality. It's crazy. We should be like by far and away the country that lives the longest, but we're not because mm -hmm. of, because of, you know, capitalism, I'm not anti-capitalism, but there's certainly large profits and a machine being made, like I'm talking about, that's, that's preying on us, that's manipulating on us. And, um, it's, it's unfortunate. So I, you know, and and the healthcare system is so far broken here. Like when I go down to Brazil, it, it's amazing. They have nutritionists that have six years of college. They have personal trainers that have six years of college. And they have their own clinics. They can order labs. They are responsible medically for their clients in a way that just is not similar here to dietitians and trainers. And the doctors default to them first. And they, they tell you, like, have you really? seen your trainer? Have you seen your dietitian first before you come to me? I'm the last resort. And you know that's not the way it is here. We just talked about big food. Let's introduce big pharma and big insurance. We could solve 
healthcare mm-hmm. if we got rid of insurance. If unless it was like kind of like, you know, catastrophic level insurance, right? But if we got rid of the insurance, we'd get rid of like the five hundred dollar bedpans and the one hundred dollar latex gloves and the, you know, five hundred dollar medication that you have to pay five, fifteen, thirty dollars for with your deductible. But it's still coming out somewhere. And if hospitals actually had to compete against each other and you could price them out and doctors had to compete against each other and you could price them out and see their ratings like, you know, real business, everything would change. But as it is right now, it's a broken system and the politicians, they're not going to change it. Just like we could fix our taxes by doing, you know, a a set tax, like a a default... um, a uh, universal tax like we we could fix everything we'd fix all the loopholes we'd you know fix everything but no like they want the loopholes everyone wants the loopholes like all the people that profit from that stuff so i mean we're going down this path but like it's crazy like it's it's hard to overcome some of the stuff that's like in that's built in right now where so many people are profiting and that's where it's a little daunting and that's where we just have to work together to lift each other up and educate each other and support each other. No one's going to come in and save you. If you think the government's going to come in and save you or some organization's going to save you or that's not fair or any of that, it's not going to happen. You have to save yourself. You have to find the answers yourself. You have to surround yourself with the right people. And that's that's it. Yeah, and I, I agree. It's, it's sad that, you know, so many of these organizations, politicians, companies, uh, capitalist. I mean, it, I'm I'm pro capitalism as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur, you know. Right. But it's crazy that so many groups are. It, it's almost like everybody just feels that you know things are too far gone to make an impact individually, so they just don't even try. They're just trying to like squeeze the last of it they can for themselves and not worry about the next generation. But it's really just kind of screwing up the lives of our kids and our kids' kids. I mean, we're kind of regressing in that sense for sure. And it's just it's just it, it pains me to think about what it'll be like, you know, generations gone by. Yeah, there there isn't like the, you know, this Mr. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, like where, you know, some or like it used to be like some guy that's like from your town, like who represents you and believes in your town goes to Washington to make a difference. And, you know, what you have now is career attorneys that are bought and paid for. And there's no way you can go to Washington unless you have millions and millions and millions of dollars because it's so expensive to get your name out there. And therefore, you can't do Mm -hmm. it like grassroots. You can't. And then even when you get to Washington, then the, the party, be it Republican, Democrat, they make you change your stance on the things that you're individual on to fit their platform. And then people are like, oh, these guys are flip-floppers or, you know, whatever. But it's because the party forces Mm -hmm. you to stand on all the things that they stand for, which gets rid of any individuality. I'm a libertarian and it's super frustrating because they never can get elected because it just feels like a two-party system. And that's the way it is. But yes, this is a, it's a crazy system. It's frustrating. I mean, we're, we're blessed. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're blessed to be in this country and, and I love our military and, and, um, the freedoms that we have. And there's so much that we, 
should be thankful for, but we also need to be aware of, of following the money trail. And there are so many systems in place that are broken, as you were saying, that are just based on profit and based on preservation. You know, some of it is about making a lot of money and then some of it's just on, I'm keeping my job. So no matter how inefficient this job is, I'm going to keep going and covering it up. And that's what it is. So how, uh, I mean, I obviously love love our country too. Like I'm, we are incredibly blessed. And for all the negative that we could say about the system that we live in, I mean, we could equally say just as much positive. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's finish that 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 uh, train of thought on a positive note here. Um, so we're not all doom and gloom. What, I mean, you look at the ketogenic community yeah. and what all we've been able to accomplish in just a very, very grassroots, you know, bottom up approach. And I'm proud of it. Like I look at what all we've done. I look at, you know, all the people that are coming into it and just like the sincere, genuine, you know, positivity that's coming out of it. And I look at that, I'm like, you know, that's, that's powerful right there. Like that can, that can happen on a larger scale with like the, the healthcare systems, the, the political systems, the um, nutritional systems, you know, like I've got to look at that and just have hope that what I've seen with the keto space can transcend and, and something similar can happen to these, you know, large base governmental situations. But I don't know, I'm just going to keep doing everything I can and keep spreading the word. And I think that's all you can do, you know, just keep being a positive light and adding more value than you take. That, that's it. I mean, that's the, that is the power of community. And there has been, uh, you know, to go in that more positive direction, there has been a shift. Like we aren't just individuals anymore that are disconnected and, and have so much space and distance between each other, the person that's in the inner city and the person that's out in the country. We can connect on a forum. We mm-hmm. can connect on a podcast, you know? I mean, even churches, like we'll have like, you know, five different services connected by, you know, telebroadcast or, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's a completely different time where we can connect and we can build communities. And you've seen like the CrossFit community, for example, like, I mean, go from nothing to massive, like seemingly overnight. And then the paleo community that went with that and the keto community. And, you know, like you're saying, like it, it can be just good, caring people. And as these communities grow, because we're seeing real change and we've been waiting for that change from all these outside organizations and never seeing it. But like when we actually help each other, then we're seeing that change. That's powerful. That's Mm -hmm. powerful when we make these groups. Like when we were at that party the other day, like, like you're talking about, um, it was this Redmond real salt party. Um, when we were at Mm -hmm. metabolic health summit, that was amazing. Like it just, it, it was so powerful to see all of these people, these keto influencers, no one was talking about like, Oh, I got a hundred thousand Instagram followers. I got 50,000. I got 500,000. Like people were like, man, like I really want to make a difference in someone's life. Like you should hear this person. I helped. Yeah. Or you should hear my story of overcoming brain tumors or you should. And it was like stuff like that. And that is powerful. You talked about earlier, like how you change people and like the list of 50 things is overwhelming. We don't remember lists very well. We don't keep to lists very well. What sticks in our head is stories. Mm -hmm. 
stories. Storytelling is the way we hold information through the generations. Lists don't work that well. Yeah. And when we hear stories of, I cured myself of cancer, I lost a hundred pounds, I saved my marriage, I, you know, am alive today, my father's alive today, like, you know, this stuff, this, the, even the keto pet sanctuary, like the dogs that had cancer are living, you know, it's, it's like, whoa, mm -hmm. okay. Like this is real. These are real stories, real change, emotional change. And that we connect with, and that creates a movement, you know, that's way more powerful than people that are motivated by the money, people that are motivated by self-preservation. I mean, those can often be like that yeah. scarcity mindset. Like when we're like talking about like changing lives, we're on that abundance mindset. And that's way more powerful. Yeah, I think, you know, focusing on that is is 100% the way to, to focus your efforts. And in the, in the, I don't know, like I look at that, that Redmond Real Estate party that we went to and, and you're absolutely right. Everybody there was just so incredibly giving and thoughtful and and selfless you know like nobody was talking about how great they were they were talking about how great somebody else was that's had a positive impact on them and i think that is just like a perfect illustration of what you know people are doing on a day-to-day -day basis within this community within other communities and that's why it's growing so rapidly um but to see that i mean that we, we could talk about all the doom and gloom about how messed up our system is but then to see that you know face to face in action it's like that right there gives me hope for humanity that right there makes me proud to be here and proud to be a part of this and proud and willing to just do everything that I possibly can to add to that because that is so much more fulfilling than any dollar amount, any subscriber count, anything monetary whatsoever, like those stories, those relationships, those people, that's where it's at. Exactly. And it's all about like that, that scarcity mindset is contagious or that abundance mindset is contagious. You put the right people around you and you feel different, you act different. You know, like Tim Ferriss and Jim Rohn, like they've talked about, you're the product of the five people closest to you. Who have you put around you? Mm -hmm. You can't just have people around you. You can't just have default people around you. You have to choose wisely who's around you. And if you have to move, if you have to get a new job, if you have to go to a new school, if you have to divorce or break up with someone, if you, whatever you need to do, to put the right people around you, do it. Your life will change. You are the product of the people you put around you. And it's there's a computer term that is is so logical for everything called garbage in, garbage out, like Gigo. Like basically, like if the code you put in mm -hmm. isn't good, then what comes out, you know, when you run the code is is garbage. But it's true with so much. It's true with our brains. It's true with our our bodies and food. Garbage in, garbage out. So you have to choose wisely what you put in your body and what you put in your brain. You need the right people around you, just like you need the right food. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to put that, man. I never never thought about it like that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you're not you're never just complacent. Like you're never just truly standing still in life. Like you're either living or you're dying, and so many people are dying. So life is such a beautiful thing. It's so finite. Like, you know, you're here on this earth and then you're gone. I mean, you might as well just wake up every day with intention and purpose 
and attack it with intensity because you know you might not be you're, you're not guaranteed tomorrow but when you give it everything you've got and you see the fruits of that labor come to fruition i mean that's that is worth all the sacrifice all the hardship all the everything and that 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 can be illustrated with every single action or inaction you do and i really want to bring that to the forefront of people's minds right now because i i have to ask myself these same questions every single day you know what am i going to do today that's going to make a difference for tomorrow what's going to make a difference in the moment and i feel like my life is just there's been like a, a pivotal shift in my degree of fulfillment success happiness all of that once i turned that on and i just wish everybody to do the same absolutely this podcast is probably one of those pivotal shifts for you like where you decided i'm going to serve and educate people and then you get to be blessed by having people on that have the same mission and so every every time you do one of these podcasts it's affecting you more than anyone else and how amazing is that, right? And then you are changing by the people that you're you're putting around you. Like I just said, you're consciously choosing people to put on this show that are powerful people mentally and spiritually and physically. And that's affecting you. And then you're becoming a better yeah. host and you're doing better podcasts and you're blessed as a result of that. And then the people that are listening are benefiting from it too. So... Yeah, that's that's a very cool thing that, that you get to do. Yeah, it's kind of funny you say that, man. I was thinking about the podcast the other day, and you know, I don't have anything against podcasts that, that are sponsored or have sponsorships. You know, people have to make a living and pay the bills by all means, but I've never I've never accepted any sponsorship for this podcast. This podcast literally makes me no, zero money. It takes a lot of time and a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of energy, but I get so much out of it. Because like you said, I mean, it's just a great opportunity for me to just pick the brains of people that I have a lot of respect for, such as yourself. You know, I can see where they're coming from. I can hear their stories. I can see where they're wanting to focus their efforts. And then it turns into a conversation that benefits me tremendously and then turns into a conversation that other people would be willing to or, you know, would enjoy hearing as well. So podcasting to me is just like, it's just, it's just awesome, man. Like word of mouth amongst people that have similar interests, similar ambitions, um, and similar, you know, interests. It just, I don't know. I love it. There's, there's not enough good things I could say about the power well, of Well, it's the conversation we're having, right? And it's storytelling. It goes back to that. Like people like sitting with us right now when they're hearing this, like they're sitting with their friends. And this is the much better way to learn mm -hmm. than if I put the list of 50 things in front of you on a piece of paper. This is the way that you're going to change. Totally agree. And going back to what you're talking about with the, the finite nature of life, I mean, that's where the beauty comes from and that it's not infinite. And we only have so many full moons that we'll see in our life. And, you know, so many times we'll see the, you know, waves crash on the, on the shore, you know, or whatever, like all these beautiful things that we see, it's finite. And then that makes us hopefully appreciate them more. Yeah. No, it, it's um, it's a beautiful thing when you know that it won't last forever because, like you said, it makes you, you know, take a moment and actually mm -hmm. soak it in and recognize it for what it is. Be in the moment. You know, I, I have a trouble. I, I have trouble with that sometimes. Like, I'll be so, you know, just caught up in, you know, building, growing, you know, learning, doing the next thing that I oftentimes just forget to slow down and smother roses, yeah. so to speak. Oh. 
Um, and I think it's very important that I'm, I'm doing that, but at the same time, I, I need to get better at slowing down and actually taking in, you know, that breath of fresh air and, and seeing my surroundings. And so that's one of my greatest struggles is, is the, the mindfulness, the be here now mentality. Um, like you said, I mean, we're all distracted from our social media and, you know, all the places we need to go and, you know, things we need to do. And we're watching TV and we're on our phones and we're getting, you know, someone talking to us in the room and, you know, there's like all kinds of stuff going on. And we're way more distracted than we've ever been. Um, so it's very hard to be mindful and be present. Um, that's, that's definitely a struggle for me. Like I said, I, and, and I'm like you where I, I'm, I'm always building and growing and pushing in the, the entrepreneurial thing and it's, it's never enough. And, um, I, I rarely celebrate my wins and that's, that's something that I'm trying to do now is, um, you know, probably the, the things that affected me the most in my life is reading the four agreements. And then, um, there's a movie called be here now that, uh, is really powerful documentary on, on Netflix about this guy, Andy Whitfield, uh, who gets uh, cancer and follows him around for a year. And it's just a very powerful message about, you know, appreciating what you got and being present um, very emotional. I, I would encourage people to, to watch that. And there's a book that actually is, um, kind of the, the spiritual, uh, predecessor to that. Um, but, and then the four agreements was just transformative for me, a whole new way of thinking, um, that I really have taken forward in my life in so many ways. So, I would encourage the the listeners if if they haven't seen that documentary or read that book that that they do that. Well, I have honestly not seen the documentary or read the book, oh. so I will do both. Wow, I can't wait to hear what you think. For sure. Yeah. So so this is a this is a good question for you. I feel like, you know, people like yourself, people like myself and and others similar to us, you know, it's hard for us to slow down and and take in the moment because we feel it's like a it's it's competing with our ability to build the future. So it's like, you know, they, they compete for one another. And we, we always tend to default towards building that thing as opposed to being in the moment. So you almost have to hack the system, so to speak, and figure out a way that, you know, taking that moment, being present, not only distracts, or it does not distract from building the future, but it also, but it actually helps, if that makes sense. So what what are something like tangible that you are doing or want to do or have thought about doing that could like bridge that gap for you, so to speak? Not doing it on your own. That's the most important thing. Like whenever like it's that's going back to that scarcity mindset um, where you're building and pushing and growing and you're probably doing a lot of that on your own. And you're also beating yourself up in the process mm -hmm. and never feeling good enough. And you have fear of missing out and you have like a lot of fear mentality and that scarcity mentality. But if you put the right people around you that challenge you, but are creative, that are encouraging, then it changes everything. And you will feel you can take in the moment, but you can also network and grow and rely on people and hand things off and watch someone who's better at it do better than you 
and you feel good about it because you have an abundance mindset. A good, the best leader like works themselves out of a job. And that's, yeah. that's what you need to do. You need to treat people in such a way that um, they care about you. You care about them. You build them up. They build you up. And yes, you can get hurt. Yes, you can get screwed over. But, you know, choose wisely. And that's where if you have the right people around you, the right core, you're going to be making better decisions. You're going to be networking with better people, the people that they've already vetted. Like one of the best things I ever got from these masterminds that I, I've been in is I call it the I got a guy phenomenon where, you know, I, I ask them like, hey, like I need a website done or hey, I need an executive assistant or, you know, I need this or that. They're like, I got a guy. Let, let me tell you who it is. They've already vetted 10 mm -hmm. people. If I was going to do this on my own, it would cost me more money. It would cost me more time. And I would end up with so much more frustration, probably getting screwed over several times. And then I'm going to be mad at the world, mad at myself. And I'm, I'm pushing, I'm growing, I'm going, right? But am I doing it in a smart way? I'm trying to do everything by myself. But if I have people help me and I have the right people around me, then everything gets so much easier. That's a really good point. You know, when we were at the Metabolic Health Summit, there, there were several instances. I mean, honestly, <laughs> to be completely frank, like I wasn't actually in the conferences so much as I was just at a, at a Starbucks or at a dinner table with, you know, another one of the, the guests or one of the speakers, just like talking, like, you know, one-on-one -on -one or very small group setting. I did that significantly more than I was actually sitting in the conference itself. And I'll, I'm going to watch all the, the downloads of, of the, the conference because I want to get that as well. But just simply engaging in that, that, you know, simple candid conversation with people of like mind and networking like that, like I would never sit down and just take a three hour lunch, you know, on my own because I'd feel completely unproductive. But doing that with the people that I see eye to eye with, I just felt like I'm getting a ton done. It's it's like a, a mental relaxation, meditation, networking, you know, relationship building thing all in one. And it allows you to be in the moment because having a conversation is is a perfect illustration of being in the moment. If you're focusing more on what you're going to say next rather than what the person's telling you, then then it won't be deep, you know, it won't be in the moment. But if you're focusing on everything they're saying and soaking it up and thinking of an educated response to it that adds value to them, then then that's a perfect example of being truly in the yes, moment. Yes, that's a very profound point about listening. That seems to be a lost skill where we just want to be heard and we just want to get out what, what whatever we want to say. Mm -hmm. But it is a very profound skill to listen, to truly listen to someone. And you want to connect on a deep level. You want to make a powerful network and have those right people around you. You need to serve those people around you and provide value to those people around you if you want them to provide value to you. The only way to do that is to first listen. Yes, there's action, but you need to first listen and hear what they're saying, hear their needs, hear their emotion, hear their story, or else you're just, you're just lip service. You're just another one of the masses. You're just another face that's going to disappear in that sea of faces. The thing that will set you apart is to actually yeah. listen. And the crazy thing is, is it's not even hard to do, <laughs> you know? It's free. It's free to make friends. 
it's free to surround yourself with incredible people. You know, so many people like complain about like, um, you know, I wish I had friends that did such and such. Are you that person? It needs to start with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wish you had such and such, you know, a friend that always showed up that, you know, didn't cancel at the last second. Do you? <laughs> Let's start there. You know, and if you really do, then that's the first step is doing what you say and what you wish you had around you. But the next step is, okay, well, then get rid of those people (laughs) that aren't good, that aren't reliable, that aren't great friends, that say negative things about you, that don't provide constructive criticism, that don't add value to your life. And, you know, there's people in between and, you know, maybe you keep them at uh, arm's length. And then the people that are just wholly negative, you keep out of your life entirely. But you need to consciously put really good people around you and you'll end up emulating them and they'll emulate you to some degree. So that's why you need to, to consciously put those people there. You know, you want someone who's reliable, then be that reliable person and surround yourself with five reliable people. It's that simple. But like, how often do you look around and you see maybe you're not that reliable and maybe the people around you aren't that reliable and it just becomes habit and a culture that you're a part of. So change that culture, change that habit. Man, you make me feel really bad because I had to reschedule this <laughs> podcast with you. So I feel unreliable right now. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, you're, you're the best. Oh no, you're absolutely right though. You're absolutely right. And and honestly, man, to to sit back and, and watch you, like I've I've watched you. I, I watch people a lot. Like I watch people, I really try to dive deep and understand who they are, why they make the decisions they do, why they have the viewpoint viewpoints they do. And I really I mean, I respect the hell out of you, Sean, because I mean, I can sense this like overwhelming sense of gratitude and then just willingness to give come out of you. And that is a a rare thing these days. So know that that does not go unnoticed and that I truly do appreciate it. I think we were almost crying last time and now I'm almost crying this time. <laughs> that was uh, that's very powerful of you to say. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, I, I definitely, the fact that you notice that about me means that you're that type of person. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And appreciate that. we are we are similar in the way we care and that's why we connect. And that is something to be mindful of. When you when you think about someone, when you appreciate something about someone, tell them. It's a powerful thing. If we just start telling each other stuff like that openly, saying, you know what, I really appreciate the fact that you're so giving. I really appreciate the fact that you do show up when you say you're going to show up. I mean, tell people. And it's a powerful thing, but absolutely. I think uh, you and I connect on that level because we're both people that, that care and just want to give. Like we give from our heart and, um, you know, people like us get hurt. But um, we're also the type of people, yes, we get screwed over easily. But yes, we also connect with amazing people deeply, often. And that is life. Yeah, nothing superficial. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So here's a question for you. I mean, since since I do have so much respect for you and I admire your work and whatnot, 
what is something that you're just incredibly fascinated by right now? Like, what is your main area of interest? What are you diving into right now? And it can be mindset. It could be, you know, keto specific. It could be anything. Like, what what is it that that you, you know, Sean Wells are really interested in at the moment? Yeah, you know, for all the the keto, the biohacking, the um, speaking, the building up my career, novel ingredients, and you know, I've spoke all over the world and done all these things and achieved success. And but like we were talking about, sometimes um, I'm beating myself up. I'm driving myself into the ground. I'm never good enough. It's you know, it's it's more harder, faster, whatever. And it's and I find a lot of the times that that the biohacking is to compensate for how hard I'm pushing. And I think right now. I mm-hmm. am trying to love myself more. I've been giving out a lot of love, but I haven't loved myself enough. I haven't given myself enough grace. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that better. And ultimately, I think when I do give myself more grace, when I do love myself more, when I do give myself more time, when I celebrate more of those wins, I will be an even better friend. I will be an even better mentor. I will be even more present. And so that's what I want to be is, you know, love myself more so I can love others around me better. You know, like I feel like sometimes. How do you do that? Like how 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 do do I do do that? that? Yeah. Like is there anything specific like tangible actions or anything that you're doing to to just ensure that you're moving in that direction? Uh, And it goes back to the five people around you. Like I've I've been um, doing accountability calls with some of the right people. I've been um, hiring some coaches, uh, those kinds of things like where uh, that's important is is the right people, someone you want to emulate and accountability. And it's that simple. So like I'm just, you know, getting on calls or, or, you know, sitting down for coffee or, you know, like you were talking about why that's refreshing, right? Because you you respect these people like that you were talking to at, at metabolic health summit, right? You respect them for different reasons. You're trying to soak mm-hmm. up, like you said, like their knowledge, but you're also like thinking like, how did they get to where they've gotten? They've achieved success. And I want to understand the success that they've got. And that success might not just be in academia or financially or selling books or whatever. It might be that just the attitude with which they approach life, you're just blown away by. And I've been seeking those people out a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, it's awesome if it's, it's like gravy on top. It's the whipped cream and cherry. If, if they happen to be an entrepreneur that's successful, that's all those kinds of things. That's awesome. But I'm like right now looking to put some people around me that are just the person I want to be. And I think that's the most important thing. And then I'm asking them, can you hold me accountable? Can we talk weekly, monthly? And I will give you whatever value I can add to your life. But, you know, help me with this. Help me be a better person. You need that accountability. And that's why, you know, church or Sunday school or whatever works for, you know, people or uh, AA meetings or, you know, whatever it is. Like, it's the accountability. You know, Weight Watchers. Like whatever it is, like that going back to that community thing, like why does CrossFit work? Why did CrossFit like shake up? CrossFit didn't shake up the world because of kipping pull-ups. 
It was because of community. Yeah. It's because of accountability. Yeah. And it makes you want to be present, to interact, to be there for other people and have them be there for you. I agree. I agree. I think, I mean, relationships is the most powerful, powerful tool you can leverage to reach any goal that you have. You know, if you find the right way to fashion a relationship into that equation, then you are at so much more of an advantage than with that, than with, than with yourself, you know, being alone. Um, I really, I really like what you're saying though. I think, I don't know, me personally, I feel like I'm in a place in life right now where I need to, I need to keep hustling and grinding and going hard. And I, I enjoy that. Like I, I love that. So I don't ever see myself not doing that, but doing so in a way that still allows me to, you know, be reflective, be in the moment. And, you know, if that means having an accountability partner that, that is, is not necessarily trying to, you know, take over the world, but just like be there. I mean, and, and checking in with them and having a regular conversation, I think that would do me wonders. You know, it's funny you bring up the word grind. I just did this podcast with this guy, Andy Murphy, the other day that does this um, amazing kind of mindset and entrepreneur podcast. And um, I had an epiphany about that word grind. Uh, you know, like people like Gary Vee throw that word around. And, um, we ended up talking about it might be better to say hustle and flow. You know, it's better to be in that in that flow state where you're aligned with your beliefs and you're excited to approach the day. If you're grinding all the time, yeah. Let's take it quite literally. I mean, what happens when something's grinding? Friction is breaking it down. Pieces are breaking off. Heat is building up. You're wearing it down. You're tearing it down. That's not, I mean, maybe there's moments you need to do that, but that's not a way to approach your life, to grind, to put your head down and grind for that someday that... I like the hustle and flow. Yeah, I mean, you need to be in the flow state. You need to achieve that. And you can achieve that by aligning yourself and being authentic, being true to who you are. Stop trying to be someone else. You'll always be a shitty one-off if you're trying to be someone else. You know, yeah. if you want to copy LeBron, if you want to copy, um, you know, some famous actor, some, I don't know, Ariana Grande or I don't know, whoever it is that you feel like is the celebrity that you want to be like some person on Instagram, you'll always be a terrible one off at, at best. The only thing you need to copy that's like the reason The Rock is so popular is he's authentic to him. Don't try and be the rock. Try and copy his level of authenticity and be authentic to you. Just be the best you you can be. And that's all you need to do. You need to be in your flow state. And you can be in your flow state when you're true to yourself. You're surrounded by people that want you to be true to yourself and help you achieve your best self. And you're loving whatever it is you're doing. And you're, you know, there you are in your flow state. Yeah, and it, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to establish that foundation and gain the confidence to do that. I mean, like when I first started, you know, Keto Savage, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Man. Like I was so lost. I was flying around, not having a clue. But once I started to get a rhythm, which interestingly enough, totally in alignment with what you said, I started to gain that once I stopped watching everybody else's content and just started being more individual, more independent and more me. Once I found that rhythm and then just started doing me, 100% unapologetically me, 
that's when things really started to gain momentum. That's when I started to get confidence. And when you start to get confidence in who you are and you recognize that, okay, people like who I am. I don't even have to be anybody else for them to respect me. Then, then, I mean, that's powerful. Like you can truly tackle each and every day, you know, in your passion with intensity and you would get so much more done. And it, I mean, it is a hustle. It is, it is a, a flow like I work a lot of hours in a day, but it's truly the most rewarding thing to work as much and then like be energized at the end of it as opposed to beat down and exhausted, you know? And like, I don't know, I'm just incredibly blessed and happy and thankful for the life I'm living because I wouldn't want to live it any other way. You know, they say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. So that kind of goes back to the grind thing. Like if every day feels like work, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, Sean, I could sit here and talk all day with you, man. Like, we're going to have to do another. Are, are you going to the low-carb Denver? I am not planning on doing that one. I will be at uh, FitCon, PaleoFX, and KetoCon, speaking at all those. Okay, I'll be at, I'll be at KetoCon. I'll be speaking there. I'm, I'm going to get married in April, so I don't think, because I think FitCon's in April. So I can't be going to that one, but I'll see you at KetoCon for sure. Uh, that well, what is, is PaleoFX? the end of April. Very end, last weekend. I think the 26th and the 28th. So they're both in April. Yeah, I think Bitcoin is like in the middle. Gotcha. I believe of April. And then uh, PaleoFX is at the end of April. I'm not likely going to be able to talk Crystal out of moving that <laughs> wedding date. So I might have to go to those next year. Well, <laughs> is she supportive of you or not? Tell her about your goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let I'll let uh, I'll let you tell her and see if uh, <laughs> that makes a difference. <laughs> she won't let me be in your five anymore. If that's the case. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. It'll be good though, man. I'll see you at KetoCon for sure. Um, okay. And and where are you located again? I'm in Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Yeah, I'll be in Texas a bunch over the next several months. So we'll definitely have to make it a point to just grab coffee and connect again, man. Like I always I always come out of these conversations much much better for it. It's Texas, so you need to grab some brisket with me. Brisket and, and coffee, for sure. And that's, that's a match made in heaven right there. <laughs> All right. And we didn't talk about keto, and we didn't talk about supplements or biohacking, really. But this is an awesome conversation. And I think people appreciate us being authentic to just letting the conversation go, go where it goes. So um, I loved doing this with you, and it was really enjoyable to just conversate. Oh, for sure, man. I I never have an agenda when I jump on a podcast. Like I, I just kind of let it go where, where it goes and I'm I'm just along for the ride. But as always, man, I really enjoy the conversation. We'll have to do just another, we'll have to do a follow-up podcast round three or something and dive into the supplementation or some of the specifics. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, it's great talking to you and uh, I will talk to you and see you again soon. That sounds great to me, Sean. Where, where can people go to, to find out more about you if anybody that does not know? Yeah, it's uh, Sean Wells, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S dot com. And then at Zone Halo, Z-O-N-E-H-A-L-O. That's uh, my supplement sourcing and formulating business. I'm known as the the world's greatest formulator. And uh, I've been keto for 20 years. And part of my story is overcoming um, autoimmune 
conditions, Hashimoto's, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. I've had a pituitary adenoma, which is a, a brain tumor and, um, you know, like a lot of depression, obesity. So, you know, keto and, and biohacking and supplements kind of saved my life. And that's why I'm very passionate about putting those messages out there. But like you and I talked about and why I think this conversation is relevant, even though we didn't talk about any of those things per se, is that everything tracks back to mindset. You know, I wouldn't be able to overcome anything. I wouldn't be able to learn from other people. I wouldn't be able to stick to something for 20 years if the mindset wasn't there. And that's what I told you I'm working on right now is improving my mindset further. So um, that's why this conversation, I think, was really relevant. No, I mean, I, I definitely got a lot out of it, man. I mean, there's with, with mindset, like there's so many gems that you can just apply to your own life because it, it, it transcends just the ketogenic diet in itself. I mean, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're at in life, you can apply that knowledge and that outlook and benefit from it. So I, I definitely got a lot of the conversation, I'm sure anybody that's listening will have as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Sean, I will, I will definitely be in touch. Um, I'll see you at KetoCon. And if I'm in Texas, uh, I'm going to be in Texas this weekend, actually. But if I'm around the Dallas area, I'll hit you up for sure. All right. Perfect. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Robert. Take care. Have a good one.